Hey, Struggleberries, before you get into this episode, I just want to give you three things to think about during this episode. One, please wear headphones or earbuds. I think it'll make your listening experience so much more pleasurable. Two, listen with an open mind and an open heart. When you combine those two, you learn something new. And three, I want to hear from you. Let me know what you thought of this episode or any of the previous ones. Your feedback is so important to me. And I want to make this better for not only myself, but you too. So contact me at Struggleberry Crunch on Instagram or at strawberrycrunch at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And the episode starts now. Hello, Struggleberries. Welcome to Struggleberry Crunch, a great podcast to help you navigate your life and explore the flavor of your struggle. I'm your host, Tariana. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're already a part of the Struggleberry fam, welcome back. In today's episode, let's celebrate Black History Month while getting to know our special guest. And if you haven't heard, today's guest has an amazing business called Black Licorice, degree in film and media, and has a great story that will leave you inspired. To all my Struggleberries out there, please welcome Candy Turner. Hey, Candy. Hey, Tariana. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. That's amazing. How is it going down there in Arizona? Is it heating up or cooling down? It's actually heating up. We've had cold winter. It's been kind of chilly, more than normal. The weather is starting to change now, which is great. That's amazing. You know, like I wish I could be down there because it sounds like it's better weather than out here in Nebraska. But I'm so thankful that you're on today, Candy. And I'm excited for people to hear your story and about your business. But before all of that, I want to know what is your favorite part about Black History Month? Well, I believe that Black History Month is an excellent opportunity to celebrate the many ways the African-American community have influenced our society. I love the Black History Month theme for 2022. It's called Black Health and Wellness. Oh, wow. Yes. And to me, I believe one thing that is continually neglected in the Black community is our mental health. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we are collectively acknowledging we are embracing the fact that we must protect our mental health and mm-hmm. if that means to seek psychiatric assistance then so be it but I'm very proud of what they chose this year in 2022 as a theme for black history I love that response because mental health is so near and dear to me and for all my listeners that know like I talk a lot about mental health on this podcast so I'm shocked that I didn't even know that about the month, but I'm just excited that it's another month to really look to see how far we've come and how far we're going to go in the future. But I want to talk about you too, Candy, because I know you're making history. So let's get to know you. Where did you grow up and what was it like? I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. And as I stated in my bio, um, I was a teen mom. So I I wasn't supposed to win, you know, I wasn't supposed to be successful. My mother divorced my dad when I was four. So I was raised in a single family home. And because she was a working mother, my grandmother and my grandfather, they were very instrumental in my upbringing. I got married at 18. 
I stayed married for about 16 years and I worked for the postal service for 15 years. In 2012, I moved to Arizona where I met my current husband and we married the following year and we just celebrated our ninth year of marriage. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That is so amazing because I think that we don't see a lot of unity like that these days. I think the longest relationships nowadays are like two months, you know, maybe a couple years. But like to see that that solidarity in the community is just so inspiring. And I, I'm grateful for you and your husband just rocking that out. But did you experience any challenges between moving between Ohio and Arizona? What was that like for you? Well, I believe that I was very surprised when I moved to Arizona because to me, growing up in Cleveland, I did not like it. I didn't like the weather. I didn't like my childhood, my neighborhood or anything. So moving to Arizona was a different, it was a different environment for me. But when I got here and stayed here for a while, I saw the things that I missed in terms of culture. And that's the main thing that being here has taken, sort of speak from me, that I miss wholeheartedly. I'm an introvert, but I love being around my people as well. So that, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I miss other than my family, of course, is culture. What kind of culture was missing? Black culture, of course. There is a 2% Black ratio here in Arizona. So to see, I live in the suburbs and I do not get to see Black people as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been anywhere else besides Arizona where you thought that there was really strong communities? Oh, absolutely. Um, I just came from Louisiana with my my daughter and her husband stays there. He's in the military. Oh, nice. Yes. And Louisiana has so much culture there. It's just amazing to just be around the music and the camaraderie of African-Americans who just appreciate being African-American and sharing in the same culture. So here it's almost the uh, people who grew up here the Black people who are who grew up here, the ones that I've came in contact with, they're kind of ashamed of being Black. To me, it was like, wow, you're not proud of who you are as a Black person? So um, I really do. I miss culture being here in Arizona. And if I wasn't married and had an established life, I would try to get somewhere that, somewhere that was more diverse. Mm-hmm. To be around people that you can connect to, who understand, it's just... Ugh. It's invaluable. So I totally get you on that. But I do need to check out New Orleans and to oh, see yeah. what that life is like. But out of everything that you've been through and experienced, you managed to have this amazing idea for this business called Black Licorice. Can you tell me more about that? Black Licorice is a greeting card business, and it's dedicated to connecting through special notes of kindness, encouragement, and uh, communication. We sell greeting cards, we sell coffee mugs, t-shirts, and, you know, other expressions of love and support. It was founded with my grandmother and mine. She loved black licorice. And I always thought my grandmother, I, I would say she could pick any other flavor than black licorice to love. Because when I thought of black licorice, it just didn't seem tasty. And to me, that's how a lot of people see black people. We've been mistreated, we've been silenced, we've been ignored for so many years. And I believe this business gives voice. It allows us to be seen, 
It allows us to be heard and honored and appreciated. So the cards, the apparel, and other items acknowledge our culture, our vision, our mental health, and our, our worth. So mm-hmm. that's like licorice to me in a nutshell. I love that part of your business, the representation and how diversified it is within the Black community. When I was growing up, I didn't see a lot of Black greeting cards or people in the greeting cards that looked like me. And I didn't really realize that until, you know, 2022 comes around and you're seeing kind of more representation on the TVs and whatnot. But I want to hear more about your grandmother. Tell me what kind of woman she was and she inspired this business. Oh my God, I'm sitting right here and her picture is staring me in the face as I'm sitting at my desk in my office and I'm writing. I always keep her in mind because she was such, when I tell you, she was such an amazing woman. To me, my grandmother was flawless. She and my grandfather were married for 67 years. They dated when they were nine and 10 years old. They still had love letters that they wrote. So we got to see the dynamics of a beautiful marriage. My grandfather would tell me, he would say, you a pretty woman, but you don't have nothing on your grandma. You know, he adored my grandmother To, to the day he died. He loved her and adored her and cherished her. I mean, some people back in the day, you know, they would always say, well, we stayed married for the financial reasons or we stayed married for the kids. My grandmother and grandfather actually married for love and they stayed married for love. So I appreciate that. And that's why I believe so hard, wholeheartedly in black love, because I've seen it in motion. And in terms of family, she instilled in us the beauty of family like she put her family first. She was the glue to our family. So she was just everything. And then, like I said, my mom was a working uh, mother. So my grandmother, she, my school was right across the street from my grandmother's house. She used to take me to school. You know, her and I would play double dutch. My grandmother was a great grandmother. And she really, really was into her family and her children and her husband. So I have nothing but great things to say about my grandmother. And she also helped me to raise my children. You know, I was working at the postal service. And at that time, I was working nights. So my grandmother would keep my my children while I went to work at night. So my kids got to see marriage and family and they value that to this day. When they say that it takes a village to raise children, it's so true. And I've experienced Mm -hmm. it and I appreciate that from my grandmother. It's amazing to hear stories like that. A lot of us have experienced that grandmother or the working mom who you barely see, but you know is doing this all for you at the end of the day. Do you have any like cards that represent that at all in your your business? I made a, a card. It says, what? does grandma truly stand for? And it has my grandmother, a picture of my grandmother on the outside of the card. And then when you open up the card, it spells out grandma with different soul foods. The G is for greens, the R is for ribs, the A is for apple pie, the N is for Nana's homemade or famous candy yams, the D is for dressing, you know, the M is for macaroni and cheese, the A is for, and so much more. Because when I see my grandmother, I see soul food, I see her cooking in the kitchen, I see her laughing and talking with family, I see just, just everything that she was, I tried to put it in that card. So that's why I made the card with her in mind. Wow. I know that I'm not the only person that can relate to that story. You know, um, Mm -hmm. good grandmothers from back in the day, that's what they did. 
Mm-hmm. And you also have a card on there that I always tell you is my favorite card. You're not a deadbeat dad card. I, can you tell the listeners more about that card, especially for people who grew up without a father? Oh, um, well, to me, I feel like a lot of times when we label men with the term deadbeat dad, it's not always the case. Sometimes that comes from the relationship that they have with the parent, you Mm -hmm. know, or, you know, if I don't get along with the mother, then the mother tell the children, your dad is a deadbeat dad. She paints this bad picture to the children. And now the father doesn't want to come around because his name and his image and his character has been tarnished. And it really takes on a toll with his relationship with his children. So it's not because he doesn't love his children. You know, it's because of the whole dynamics is causing him to back away from his children. And I think that that's sad. I don't think fatherhood is defined by how much child support we pay, how much time we spend with the child. I think it's defined by love and how much we care for that child. Because a lot of times when you have your own family, you'll look back and say, dang, you know, I see what my parent went through. I see what their struggle was. And I know from having my own family that they did the best that they could. That is so powerful. Like I said, when I read that card, it was so healing because I, I was expecting uh, I don't know what I was expecting, actually, because when I when I always see that deadbeat dad term, I'm thinking of ripping a man to shreds and mm-hmm. making him feel like Aww. you missed out. But then that card just was such a healing thing. It was like, I understand and yeah. I'm ready when you're ready or thank you anyway. Right. It just was just such a nice card just to really reflect on what was it really based exactly. off, except, you know, what I've been told or what I saw. Let's dig, let's dig deeper. And that's what I also like about Black Licorice too, Candy. It's just, it's such a deep concept and I'm excited to see it grow and thrive. But now I want to know about all the stuff that you've done to really build yourself up as this amazing woman. Because I know like your kids inspired you to get your, your associate's degree, but what inspired you to get a degree in film and media? Well... I found a part of myself, Tariana, that I didn't know exist. My oh. life was so embedded and inundated in my family and my children, my husband, that I didn't have an identity. I didn't know who I was. So after I divorced and I moved to Arizona in 2012, um, I did meet my husband shortly after, but my husband, he has like a very demanding job at that time where he would be going travel all the time. And I had a lot of time to myself because my children were in college. And so it allowed me to say, well, can't, what does candy like? What don't candy like? You know what? And so I decided to go back to school. And in that time, I just, I discovered that I love to write, that I love to read, that I love to create. So I always knew, and people always told me that I can cook. Now cook is like creative you know you put this with that or whatever but writing it just takes me to another world so I just enjoyed what I did and I just wanted more of it you know so that's what made me go for film and media did you write when you were younger I wrote when I was younger I used to write a lot of poems and I put a poem book together or whatever but it got lost you know and moving and traveling and stuff like that and like I said I was a young mother so I was into my children my child at that time and I kind of lost myself I didn't you know I didn't do a lot of things at, at a young age because of my child what would you say to young mothers out there who have that similar situation especially young black mothers who are trying to make the most out of their life, even though they are managing a life. Does that make sense? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I would tell them that their journey does not have to be their destination. Just because it doesn't look so good right now, you move forward and you keep focused. You can do a lot if you find out who you are on the inside. And once you get comfortable within your own skin with who you are, then you'll know more about what you want to be. Or, and you can see more of your path and, and, and be able to follow that path, whatever it is. I know we are all our worst critics, but sometimes we have to be our biggest cheerleader and make ourselves, you know, get out of the doldrums and the dumps or whatever, and just motivate ourselves to want better for ourselves and to do better. Amen. I agree. I totally agree. You know, I don't have any kids yet, but it is something that I do desire. But I've seen my mom. My mom was a teen mom and I've seen her like struggle and really try to get ahead. And it just was very difficult for her. And I I, I never really understood the teen mother struggle because I, I think it's hard on the, the teen children too, because your parent wants to give you everything they have, but there's always this constant battlefield of struggle sometimes. Do you have any advice for the children of the young parents as well for them finding their dream? Yeah, sure. Children, they don't understand the struggle. You know, when they come in, they just open the refrigerator and see, expect to see food there. Or they just turn the <laughs> lights on and expect the lights to come on because yep. this is repetitive and they don't see the struggle that goes on behind there. So mm-hmm. what I would say to the children, be patient with your mother or your father mm-hmm. or whoever your caretaker is and know that they have your best interest at heart and look at their struggle and say, I don't want to be like this, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I want better for myself and then take the initiative to want better and to do better for yourself so that you won't have to suffer what your parents suffer. I love that, Candy. You better preach, sister. You better preach. So why did you move to Arizona? Did I miss that? Well, divorce and then I wanted new beginnings. Um, I actually moved here when my daughter was 16 years old. So she was in high school or whatnot, but I wanted to get away. I wanted new beginnings for myself and my child and just to leave what I was going through. And no regrets? Like it was the best decision ever? The only regret I have is just moving somewhere where there's not culture. My daughter had to go to a school that there, she was like, the only black it was maybe one or two other black people in there but she had some very prejudiced and very bad experiences and I didn't know before I moved to Arizona that there were not a lot of black people and that my child would feel so excluded as soon as she got 18 she went to college in in Akron or Cleveland or whatever and so Mm -hmm. she missed home and that's exactly where she went to where she was more familiar and more accepted that's what I regret Mm that says a lot about the experience and they must have had an amazing mother that taught them how to be strong and make the best decisions because now you got your kids getting master's degrees and going on to do big and better things and that's just so amazing do you have any comments on that well I would say that I feed off of my children's energy and they feed off of mine and it's the same Mm. way, way with the love like I want my children to be proud of me and what I'm doing. I don't want, you know, I felt like with raising them or whatever, a lot of times I wasn't proud of myself because 
I didn't choose my path. You know, I didn't choose to work at the postal service or whatever, but I'm choosing my path now. And I'm hoping that I'm making my children proud. Um, and, and they feel the same way about me, that what I'm doing in my life is pleasing unto my, my parent. And, you know, that's all we ask for our children. There's no manual with raising children, Tariana. We just do the best that we can with these children and hope that one day the things that we instilled in them, that they would use this in life, you know, in their own life. And I see that in my children and they care about whether or not if my mother is pleased with what I'm doing, you know, so and I and I care about whether my children are pleased. So I love to see the reciprocated love that goes between a parent and a child. And I share that. It does sound like there's a lot of love and strong connection between you and your children. And it sounds like you're bringing a lot of love to the community by really creating this powerful connection through your business and through your stories. So with that being said, what kind of stories would you like to put out there or see on the screen? I would like to see more coming of age stories. We don't see too many stories like The Wood or Love and Basketball, where you get to see children's, Black children's lives together when they were children and growing up. I don't think that a lot of friendships are like that anymore. There's no long lasting friendships anymore. I've had my mm-hmm. best friends because I was 11 years old. We've been best friends for over 30 years. And, you know, that dynamic we don't see it anymore. It's like, I'm friends with you today. I'm not friends with you tomorrow. So it really Mm kind of, it kind of shows something like how that we should be, you know, how that we should dedicate ourselves and commit ourselves to stuff. Because even with my husband, my current husband, he has a hard time connecting because he was raised in the military. And so he was always Mm -hmm. on the go, you know, and it made it made hard, it hard for him to um, attach to himself to people and, you know, make relationships and friendships and stuff like that. So I would love to see more coming of age stories to show the lives of children being raised and together and, and establishing friendships and growing up together and experiencing marriage and first boyfriends, and, you know, just all kinds of things in relationships and with family as well, the closeness of family as well. And just putting that dynamic back into the black community and hopefully causing us to value that in our own life and to show that and experience that and manifest that to our families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm totally in agreement with you as well with the um, the coming of age. I haven't seen any movie that compares to Love and Basketball like like that. And it it was such an old school classic. And I feel like a lot of stuff is not too cheesy, but kind of predictable these days. And I'm ready to see something like fresh. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of good ideas by black creators coming out. So I'm excited that they're giving them more of a chance. But do you have any ideas for stories that you would like to share? Um, well, or is that top secret? You don't have to if you don't want to. I was just (laughs) saying, can I get a little like a sneak peek or like, because I know you got skills. Yeah, I I mean, I do okay. But um, I have one that I'm working on now. Because I I told you that my my grandmother learned how to cook from her. And Mm -hmm. I love to cook. And it's about cooking and how um, different seasonings compare to men. Um, wow. and for instance, um, the seasoning pepper now pepper to me, it means say, for instance, you're making some spaghetti and you taste your spaghetti and you'd be like, um, it's missing some pepper. Now, what does pepper really taste like to me? Now, pepper to me is like 
it doesn't have a flamboyant taste on your taste buds, but you just know when it's missing. And that's that man that, you know, he didn't really stand out. He didn't really bring a lot to the relationship, maybe, or whatever. But when he was gone, it was like, dang, I miss him. You know, that's that person or whatever. Candy, so, that sounds fire. I wouldn't even <laughs> say any more if I were you, because I'm like, girl, they're going to start that's feeling that stuff. I'm like, like what? Uh-huh. <laughs> you can keep talking if you want to. I'm like, I might need to cut this out, because we're not about to have anyone steal this idea. <laughs> Yeah, I love this book. And then I, I wrote the book already. I oh, haven't wow. put it out there, but I'm writing the movie that goes along to the book now. So I'm halfway done with the movie and I'm just working on a lot of things that I hope I'm using my platform to hopefully grow my audience. And then once I grow my audience, I'll start putting more of my things out there. But I don't want to spill the brick things and put too much out there. But I'm trying to work my hand up and do a little something, Terry. We're gonna hold you accountable to that because you you say that you have a whole collection of of mm-hmm. content and material that you created, and I want to start reading these exceptional stories. Mm-hmm. So can we expect this soon? Well, I don't know how soon because I just started three months ago, so I don't know how soon I'll be able to establish myself, but I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing a great job so far, and I really I'm excited for whatever you have up your sleeves because it sounds like it's some good stuff and you i'm gonna need you to knock on tyler perry's door soon and put up a put up a billboard yes see you (laughs) what inspires you about the film industry and writing and creativity and all those different things the most um what inspires me Mm -hmm. i would say i don't know how to answer that question i would say me I would say that I'm my biggest inspiration because um, a lot of times when you're given a gift, you just love doing what you do with it, you know? So it doesn't have to be something, somebody or something that inspires you. You could be inspired by yourself because you're good at what you do and you love what you do. All of my life, I was in a job at the postal service that I hated. And now to have found something that I love, I just do it. And it's not a job to me. I just love doing it. And I feed off of my own energy when I'm doing it because I love it so much, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes so much sense. And I think more people need to hear that because I think that's what I am submissing myself to is doing things that I love because it'll never feel like work if you love it. Thank you for sharing that with us, Candy. It was really interesting and inspiring to hear but I have a couple more questions for you before we get into our rapid fire questions, your favorite part. Um, what do you want to be remembered for? I tried to do things in my life that would reflect a good person. And I would hope that people would remember me as someone who cared about people, who cared about what she said to people, who cared about her reaction and how she carried herself in the world just as a proud African-American woman who cared about people and how she treated people. That's beautiful, Candy. You are an amazing woman, and I can tell you really care about your people, your community, and everything that you put your heart into. We are coming into our rapid-fire questions, five questions, five seconds or less. Are you ready? Uh... Yep, you're ready. Okay. You got this, Candy. Okay, question number one. One word to describe your 20s and to 30s. Consumed. Which book should every young adult read? Act like a woman, think like a man. 
What is one piece of valuable advice that you receive from your mom, dad, or mentor? The best is yet to come. What does success mean to you? Overcoming trials and tribulations. It means motivation. It means me. And the last question that everyone waits for at the end of the podcast, what is the current flavor of your struggle? My mother nicknamed me Peaches. And when she gets mad at me, she calls me Peaches Pumpkin because she says that I have a bittersweet personality. She said Ooh. I'm the sweetest person. But if I if you get on my bad side, I could, you know, I could turn to sour or whatever. I might say a few things to get you straight. So I would say my flavor is sweet and sour, maybe. Candy, that is one of the best answers with one of the best explanations so far on the podcast. You know, yes, it was. I'm being serious. That was a great answer. Thank you so much, Candy. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you for everyone for listening. And please make sure you comment, subscribe, share, anything you can do to support and make sure you continue to embrace these problems, find solutions and take action for real this time. Happy Black History Month, Struggleberries. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, Tiriana.